Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butcher's Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cookinpellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also by the Chops Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector system has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit kcbs.us slash samstour for results, to register your team, or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com slash shop. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you with the phone number, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. And it was a little delayed, I know. Coming up at 9.14, the second Tuesday of the month, regular guest, the creator of the most prolifically trafficked, heavily trafficked, most popular barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth, Meathead Goldwyn, will be joining us. Tonight's topic is pizza. Everybody loves pizza in general. Perhaps no other human being in the face of the earth loves pizza more than me, however I can get it. But we're going to be talking about pizza on the grill specifically, especially for those richy, rich folks. 
that have those Forno Bravo style ovens, those big wood burning Italian pizza ovens. There's other accessories you can get for the charcoal stuff and the gas stuff now as well, which I'm sure we'll hit on. So Meathead Goldwyn coming up in about 12 minutes from now. Then we have 9.35 for you. The Worldwide Market... the hell is his title? The Director of Worldwide Marketing for Traeger Grills, Chad Ward, will be joining me. Chad appointed and or hired to that position a couple weeks ago. I believe he's only a couple days in at this point. So we'll get a very fresh look from Chad on where Traeger is right now, how he got the job, what drew him to the job, all that good stuff. I love inner workings of business deals and job interviews and all that stuff. So we'll talk to Chad about that. Chad, also the host of Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the Pit and the pit master of the competition team Whiskey Bend Barbecue. So that's 9.35. Then we'll move into the second hour. And at 10.14, as typically now, the second Tuesday of the month, is now growing to be a AmazingRibs.com monopoly. At 10.14, the keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com, Max Good, will be joining me. And we're going to be talking about such topics as uh, hybrid grills. We'll also be talking about... Maybe it really is time dependent on what we're going to be talking about. But the the main topic is going to be hybrid grills. Then we may or may not get into the art flame, which, of course, we talked to Denver Cavins last week, who was the, I don't know if creator of the art flame is the proper thing, but he's the guy that's out there uh, marketing it, getting through manufacturing, selling it right now, obviously struck the deal with Frontgate. So we may or may not hit on Art Flame in case you were wondering to get a uh, unbiased perspective. Max Good may be talking about that around 1014. And then at 1035, coming out of the proverbial Barbecue Central show bullpen, he is the official Texas embedded correspondent for the Barbecue Central show. I did a story on the PitCast for AmazingRibs.com, which I do uh, each Thursday, by the way. If you didn't know that, you join the Pit Club for less than 25 bucks a year. You gain access to a weekly podcast that I make for AmazingRibs.com. It's called the PitCast. And I did a story last week about the International Barbecue Cookers Association, which is located in Texas. I think the biggest sanctioning body in Texas currently. Somebody had, I don't know, uh, written legislation or tried to introduce some potential legislation of banning any and all pellet cookers from IBCA. Get out! Not only are we at a tipping point of race relations in this country, now we're going to try and exclude pellet cookers from the mix? What are we talking about? Armageddon is literally weeks away, folks, as 2016 is rapidly coming to a close. As race relations are reaching a boiling point, now we are going to try and break the proverbials camel's back with the straw of banning pellet cookers in the IBCA. What, are, what is this world coming to? That's going to be Doug Shiding at 1035. So if you're looking for controversy... If you're looking for information, if you're looking for an insider's view of business dealings with some of the biggest pellet cooker manufacturers out there in the market today, friends, you found the show to the this evening. You have found the right place to hang out. 
Let everybody know that the show is on. Tell them about all of the places to go to find the show. My website, OutdoorCookingChannel.com, has the webs- or has the show as well. Roku has the show as well. We're streaming live on Facebook again for, I think, maybe the third or fourth time in a row. And Facebook is great. I mean, it's just great. I can't expect that... People will remember that my show was on the air each and every Tuesday. I send out a newsletter. I do a lot of social media posting. Inevitably, you're way too busy to worry about me and my pathetic, fledgling internet show that talks about barbecue and grilling that the majority of people could care less about. However, when it gets shot up into the Facebook feed as you're live, well, all of a sudden I have a little bit more interest. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, I meant to give myself a reminder to tune into that for the very first time tonight. But once it's up in that feed, boom, people click on it. I might get 30, 40, 50, 20 more views. Who knows? It's great. Love Facebook for that and allowing XSplit to allow me to stream directly to the Facebooks. So let everybody know, share it, retweet it on the Twitter, Snapchat it, Instagram it, whatever. Use all your social media outlets to let everybody know the show's up. Got this email from John Kelly a couple weeks back, and I just haven't gotten to it, but I'll get to it now. Greg, I had the honor of meeting Lauren Hill at this past weekend, which is now like three weekends ago, at the uh, past weekend's barbecue contest in Santa Clara. Great guy. He had nothing but good things to say about you. Maybe you could do an interview with him to get his perspective on what it's like to compete in California. John, great idea. I might do that. Of course, we know Lorne is the reigning world food champion. Barbecue won it last year. You're watching the show? Is anybody watching the show, World Food Championships on Destination America? Did anybody watch the Coup de Gras episode this past Saturday? Was that the Coup de Gras episode? Also, I have this email that was from like a month ago, so I apologize up front for just getting to it now. But look, I'm very busy. There's a lot of important things going on that are very topical that I got to get to. This one coming from Andy LaFond. Greg, I'm hoping that this week you could mention the results of the Hog and Steer Barbecue KCBS competition in Okanamawak, Okanamawak, Wisconsin. Why, you ask? Well, after 12 years of competition, our pitmaster, Sam Shield, took home his first grand championship. Sam will be 76 years old in August and the hardest working guy I've seen at any barbecue competition. Until this year, we were the Smokin' Badgers, but we decided to change our name, our smokers, and our recipes this winter. And after much practice and some help from another local team, hit the ground running as 43rd Parallel Barbecue. The hard work has paid off at our first competition of the year, resulting in Sam's first ever Grand Championship Sam would be surprised and honored to hear his name and his team on your show. Although he's not much of a computer or podcast expert, we'd be sure that he gets to hear it. Thanks, Andy LaFon, Eric Scheel, and John Brettel. John, I apologize if I misspelled or if I uh, mispronounced your name. Looks like John Brettel to me. Sam, congratulations. First GC. 76 and putting it down. Like it. Like it a lot. Can you imagine being 70? Well, 
Okay, I was going to make a, a horrific joke. I'm not even going to make it. I'm not. Whether he knows my name or not in public in front of my friends and blogger friends years ago in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm not going to make it. Way too classy for that. All right, coming up out of the break, Meathead Goldwyn. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Gang, if you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No quicker or easier way to do that than by adding a little Butcher's Barbecue to your arsenal. Everybody knows about the new website that's out, I hope. Everybody's checked that out, butcherbbq.com. Everybody knows about all the new rubs that are out, the Chipotle rub, the cherry rub, the secret double blend secret days rub, and pecan. If you haven't tried those, you definitely got to put them in your cart this time around. Of course, the old standby rubs, the pork uh, or the uh, steak and brisket rub, and the honey rub, which is especially delightful on pork. It's 50% of my personally termed North Coast offense, honey rub and money rub. Of course, Butcher's well-known for the injections, right? The pork, the beef, the prime injection. The prime injection has combined all the things loved from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've combined it with what has become the barbecue competition standard in beef flavor, available for sale right now at butchersbbq.com. Perhaps you're on the lookout for a go-to rub or sauce. I mentioned the rubs, but let me tell you about the sauce. The sweet barbecue sauce hits it in every single category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat. For crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce and didn't take the easy way out like most do by adding that devil's urine, a.k.a. liquid smoke. Here's what I say. Grab a box of six because it's going to go real fast. Like, real fast. Also, if you're grabbing a box of six of something, might I give you the reference of grilling oil? All right. One of the hottest products out there on the market today. Completely shelf-stable. It doesn't have to go in the refrigerator. You're not going to forget to use it because it's out of sight. Therefore, out of mind. Leave it right there next to the stove or the oven. Take it outside with you to the barbecue or the grill. You can use it all you want. Three flavors, butter, chipotle, and steakhouse seasoning. What's better than shelf-stable? Nothing. It's just not going to go bad. Keep it out. Use it. You're going to be very happy. So here's what you do. Go to butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com. And order up everything I just talked about. Trade in your old commercial injections as well if they have not given you the results you're looking for. There's a trade-in link there. You can trade somebody else's commercially made rub into Dave. He'll give you back his products. Same amount. He'll weigh it. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, we're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities, 500000 in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. This weekend, Sam's Club Tour continues the roll-on through Indiana. They stop at South Bend for a local qualifier. To keep up with the Sam's Tour results, see where the next events will be, you can visit kcbs.us. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. And I did see this. I meant to say this as well in the open. Happy birthday to Loyal Centralite and the pitmaster of the basic barbecue team, Patrick Paquette. Happy birthday to you. Everybody, one and two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It was my birthday on Sunday, and I want to say thank you to everybody that got on the Facebooks and wished me a happy birthday. So humbly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know, I wonder if Meat had changed his Skype name at some point. It's just tough to remember which one of you. Oh, maybe it's not that one. That one failed miserably and immediately. All right. Here he is. Probably racing in from some private jet off the book tour. I mean, who knows? He's just eating into his own time. That's all I know. We go to the creator of the most heavily trafficked popular barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth. The second Tuesday of the month, regular guest, Meathead Goldwyn. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Hey, just shutting the door. <laughs> Uh-oh. You uh, are you? racing in from parts unknown or what? <laughs> yeah, just came from, uh, went to uh, uh, Finding uh, Dory. And, the the uh, movie? Huh? You went to Finding Dory the movie? Went to Finding Dory the movie, and they went out for fish for dinner. <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that's kind of an ironic situation. So, uh, I mean, Meathead, the wine critic, uh, obviously the barbecue prowess uh, beyond reproach. But as a movie critic, how do you find Finding Dory? And who did you go with? Was it just like you and your wife? Uh, every Tuesday night is uh, movie night. My wife and I and my brother-in-law and his wife. And uh, we try to go every Tuesday night. And uh, on the nights that I'm on with you, I uh, scoot out from dinner early because I love you and the central light so much. Oh, look at this guy. All right, turn your camera on, Meathead, so we can see you. We can't see you. Oh, it's not on. It's not. I think Skype has decided to go with a default uh, camera off. Skype asked me to log in with a password tonight, and it's never done that. That's why I was running a little late. All right. So, uh, Meathead, tonight we're talking about pizza, and I think we might have covered this like many years ago. But oh, sometimes we? it's oh yeah, but I mean things change, processes change. Probably some of the basics stay the same. But look, we're gaining new listeners all the time. This is probably yeah, a subject that you know is near and dear, especially to their heart at this time of year. And everybody, I loved. I don't think there's any human being on the face of the earth that loves pizza more than me. Any kind of really? pizza. I can eat ten and twelve pieces of pizza in a sitting, and if there's more left. I feel guilty that I haven't placed those remaining pieces in my stomach so those pizzas can be with their friends, right? So let's so talk. What's your favorite? Every, it's all my favorite. I don't. I mean, you, you like prefer the Neapolitan style, the New York style? 
Yeah, you I'm, were here. Did you do deep dish when you were in Chicago? Yes, we had a, a, a deep dish, which I have come to understand that actually people from Chicago don't actually eat deep dish. That is a complete uh. tourist trap, from what I understand. But <laughs> um, I, I think when we talk about um, crust, I'm, I'm more of I'm not like a super thin cracker guy, but I like a little bit of a dough, but it can't be undercooked. So uh, I did enjoy the deep dish pizza. That was a whole different. Uh, realm of pizza eating that I've never experienced, and having it authentic at the Giordano's was absolutely fabulous. But in the end, I guess I'm more of a New York style guy. Not because I'm from New York, but I like that style of pizza. I like being able to fold the slice, and I like the big pepperoni and stuff like that. So and, that's and my the little drop of orange grease. Oh right yes, I, right over my face to keep my <laughs> face youthful. What about you? What do you like pizza wise, Meathead? I, I'm I'm partial to the Neapolitan style. Um, in fact, this is a really great place to jump off into uh, some of the pictures right. I sent you. Let me get uh, into there. The Neapolitan is the first one I sent you. Uh, um, this is a dough that's pretty much just flour and water um, and yeast. Um, I have a recipe on AmazingRibs.com that has just a pinch of sugar just to make sure it, it fully blossoms. But uh, um, it's kind of soft and floppy in the center. But it's really light, and uh, uh, it's you know your classic Italian Neapolitan dough, and I, I'm I've grown fond of that, and that's what I've been cooking lately. Uh, my wife makes show the second one. My wife makes her dough is a uh, more of a Roman style, which I'll bet is a type that you like a little more. It's it's it 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 doesn't get quite as poofy. This seems right it, up my alley, right there. Yeah. yeah, it's it's got oil in it, and when you add oil to it, you get a little stiffer. And you get a crunchy bottom. Now this one doesn't fold so well, but it's really crunchy, um, and that 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 we call the Roman style usually because it's got a little oil in it. The Neapolitan is at, in fact there's a whole society of Neapolitan um, pizza makers, and oil is forbidden. I mean, you know, they'll come in and rip the sign off your door if you if they if you use oil in it. Oh my! And, and then the New York style, which we were talking about. There you go, um, foldable. Um, soft, and all three of them should have these little chars. Not not burnt, but little hints of char on the bottom, the dark golden uh, color. Um, and uh, of course, New York with the uh, usually with pepperoni and lots of cheese and stretchy cheese. Um, a, a really classic. And then another one I'm really fond of is um, uh, the. Uh, the, the New Haven, Connecticut, Peppies uh, is my favorite. Um, uh, they do a white clam pizza. It's sort of a New Yorkish style crust, again with the little splotchy burn marks. They use um, coal in their ovens, not wood, um, and and not charcoal. This is like furnace coal. Uh, I don't know, what is that, bituminous? I don't know. Is that, um, so, I mean, obviously I'm sure there's going to be some people that worry about safety of burning coal, and is there anything to worry about there or no? I don't think so. In fact, um, I just got a wood-burning pizza oven from Italy. They shipped me a sample. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a dirty job. Uh, I guess. Um, and I'll show you a picture of it later. And, uh, you know, and I've eaten a lot of pizza, as I'm sure everybody who's listening has. You don't really taste the, the heat source. You don't taste the wood. You really don't taste a lot of smoke. You don't taste the charcoal. 
um, you know, um, it's it's just the heat source. Um, so I, I, you know, I mean, they've been doing it this way for centuries, and uh, uh, literally more than a century, I think, in uh, in New Haven. And their specialty is the white clam pizza. There's no um, tomato sauce here, and it's fresh clams, and it's just wonderful. Clams and garlic, it's just wonderful. I have a recipe for that on AmazingRibs.com, too, by the way. really works. Um, and then there's the uh, Sicilian style. Sicilian. Um, often in a pan with a thicker dough, and or some people call it the uh, grandma style, yep. the cut square. Yep. Um, and uh, then uh, the... Uh, uh, this is Al Forno restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, the restaurant that really created this style of grilled pizza where they make the dough. There's a lot of oil on the dough, and then they grill the dough on both sides before they top it. And uh, it doesn't have a cover that goes on it, but it is just enough heat coming down. You don't put a lot of toppings on it. And uh, this was just wonderful. Uh, um, and, and they kind of invented it in Providence at Al Forno. And then, of course, the last one. Uh, now, I'm skipping a bunch of styles here, but uh, uh, there's your Chicago-style deep dish Oof. or pan pizza. Now, we have taken it out of the pan so you can see how deep it is. And look at all that cheese. Usually, there's a layer of sausage at the bottom, and that's the highlight. And then all that cheese and then a layer of sauce on top. Here's the thing that I learned when I was in Chicago the night we dusted off a couple bottle of Silver Oak caps. The when you go to the pizza place, if you don't know this or you're going to go to Chicago, at least the places I was at, when you go in to like check in, they ask you for an order right then, even before yeah. you're seated so they can get the pizza started because it takes 45 minutes to cook one pizza. Yeah, it's like, you know, I think Anthony Bourdain said, "It's a casserole." <laughs> right? It is. I mean, it is a, it is a, you think you can probably eat three or four pieces, but really that's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much cheese for this old stomach. Uh, I don't digest it as well as I used to. Um, but uh, it's popular in town. I think the tourists all try it. Um, there are a lot of locals who are devotees of it. And uh, I personally prefer a thin crust. Like I say, I tend to gravitate towards ne Neapolitan style. Or my wife's Roman style. She's really good at pizza baking. Um, and then, uh, of course, the calzone. And uh, this is a folded pizza. Um, this one I actually photographed at the famous Mystic Pizza um, in, uh, um, uh, where is that, Rhode Island, yeah. Mystic, no, that's Connecticut, I think. Where is Mystic? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, here's what I, I do. Know. I love. Um, I I am a huge fan of calzones. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, they're 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 like a you take like a regular pizza dough and you put all the fillings down there and you fold it over and they serve the marinara sauce on the side. There's a pizza restaurant on the west side of Cleveland called Danny Boys, and instead of they, I mean they're calzones, but they call them woogie bears. Ooh. I don't know why they call them boogie bears. You know, I've heard other names for these too. I forget they're, what they're called. Hey, speaking of restaurants in um, Cleveland, yes, have you talked at all on the show yet about um, you know who? Who and his his barbecue restaurant? Um, I mean, we've talked about. It. I mean, I have not been. 
So yeah. uh, you're waiting for an invite, aren't you? No, absolutely not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not waiting for an invite. I'm I'm waiting to to go with a couple friends when we can actually find the schedules to mesh. And honestly, I have heard no bad reviews about the food. Uh, there's been some gripes about size of the place and the communal tables. But I think he's tried to keep it as Texas as possible without saying it's Texas and dubbing it a Cleveland-style barbecue, this, that, and the yeah. other. But cool. I have not heard anything bad about the food, which is, to me, a positive. We, sh- we should mention the name here uh, for the people who don't listen. Um, chef Michael Simon, the yep. Iron Chef, who's also on that daytime... Yeah, the Chew. Talk, the Chew. Yep. The Chew. That's right. Um, uh, has opened a barbecue restaurant in Cleveland, and he's declared that he's going to create Cleveland-style barbecue. Yeah, I, and, uh, I did an interview with uh, with Daniel Vaughn uh, when he, he had eaten there. I met up with him after the fact at a different and new barbecue restaurant on the west side of town called the Proper Pig Smokehouse. And we talked about, is there a Cleveland-style of barbecue? And he said unequivocally there isn't one now. That's something that's yeah. going to have to evolve over time, just like right. uh, New York-style barbecue has evolved. Uh, perhaps Cleveland will... We're going to need to have more than one, and uh, maybe we yeah. get a barbecue culture out here. Maybe we don't. But right now, the two out there seem to be dominating. The the guys on the west side of town selling out every night, 500 pounds of barbecue every night. And that's not Michael Simon's restaurant. Yeah. And, of course, the great irony is is that uh, you have had an open invitation to him for years to come on the show, and he's too busy, uh, which is a damn shame because uh, you have the leading broadcast in the world on barbecue right there in his own backyard somebody and better tell him too too big that's right too big to give you a half hour of his time that's fine down oh. the road down the road so okay so we've looked at the different styles of pizza yeah um how much time have we got today you know you yeah, we've only got a one, a one segment how much time we got left we got about six minutes oh my um, all right, let, how about some cooking tips? Uh, please. Yeah, um, pull up the next slides. Let's go right down the show in, in sequence here. Um, your classic uh, Italian pizza oven is this igloo shape, dome shape. And the key here is, is you see what the flame is doing. The, tr- the hard part in cooking pizza is getting simultaneous pizza gasm. It's getting the <laughs> bottom and the top cooked at the same time. And if you're doing it on a grill... You almost invariably need some practice at it. You almost always get the bottom cooked before the top, or the top cooked before the bottom. Usually, it's the bottom first because you got all the heat coming up from below, sure. and it's easy to burn it before the top is cooked. So it's always a good idea if you're starting to cook pizza on a grill, either charcoal or glass, glass gas, go light on the toppings because they may not cook through properly the first time, and you don't want uncooked sausage up there. So go easy on the uh, toppings. Go light on the meat. If you're going to use meat, use a cured meat. One of my favorites is capicola, which mm-hmm. is a cured meat. It doesn't have to be cooked, and I love the taste on a pizza. But the beauty of these kinds of ovens is the, the bottoms get really, really hot. But if it, the top isn't finished, you'll, if you watch the pizzaola, the pizza cook, he'll lift it up with the pizza peel, the paddle, and hold it right up under the ceiling there for 10, 20 seconds. Yeah. And that's all it takes to finish the top. And uh, that's hard to do on a home grill. Um, uh, there's a lot of talk about what you need for, switch the slide here, for cooking on. Um, pizza stones now are often made of a substance called cordite, and it's really good. It doesn't break. It, it holds a lot of heat. Um, uh, there's also, switch to the next one, 
um, a, a product on the market called Baking Steel, and they're really mm -hmm. nice. They conduct a lot of heat, but I think they're almost too hot. Um, I don't use mine very much anymore. Um, we do a lot of pizza in a pan. Next one. Um, just a simple, lightweight metal pan. You don't get as much brown, splotchy, black splotchiness, but you get a nice brown, especially on a Roman-style pizza, even on the grill. Um, so you don't need a fancy stone. There's this mythology around stones. Pan works great. Um, this is what I just got. This is the wow, pizza party. Wow, look at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's cool. It's under a thou. Um, this is a, they ship it. Shipping is 150 bucks from Florence, Italy. Um, uh, I'm really impressed with it too. My first outing, we cooked five, four pies. You just start a pile of wood burning in the center. Wait till it gets down embers. Push it off to the side. There's a little deflector plate, and it works just like the downtown pizza restaurants. It's tremendous. Um, uh, I absolutely love it, and it's uh, under a thou, which is not too bad if you've got that kind of dough and you're really devoted to pizza. But the next slide, I just got this last week. I've only cooked four small pies, like eight-inch pies on it, and it works. Um, I need to fine-tune it. You, you've always got to be fiddling, but this goes on a gas grill, and I have a four-burner, and I was a little overcooking it, so I slid it over so it was just over three burners, turned the middle burner down a bit, and got really good. You can see that it's lined with cordite. Yeah. And it, it, there's gaps around the outside. It's hard to see in the picture. But there's airflow built in through here, cleverly designed, engineered, so that the airflow, this thing's like 150 bucks. But and it goes on any gas grill. Um, it's called Baker Stone. Hmm. I, I can't give it an unequivocal endorsement because I've only cooked with it once. I've only done four small pies, but they came out great. Um, uh, so this is something if you're looking to uh, do outdoor pizzas uh, in the summer, this may be the answer. Bakerstone, it's on the net, and uh, in, I think it's in Home Depot and places like that. Um, here's one that I can't get too crazy about, the kettle pizza. Oh. It's an attachment for the um, charcoal kettle. Yeah. And... I just don't see the necessity. I cook really good pizzas on my Weber kettle without this $400 attachment, and then I have no place to store it when I'm not using it because it's a big ring that goes around the center. Sorry, um, uh, we share a mutual friend who does some PR work for them. Right. I just don't love this device. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, next slide. Um, this is a handy thing to have. You can get them for 50 bucks or so, 100 bucks for good ones. It's an infrared rate, um, thermometer, so you can start to dial in the temp that works best on your stone. And then, of course, you need a peel. And um, I'm learning that the, a wooden peel is what you make the pie on. You, you dust it with flour, you make the pie on here, and then you slide it in with this. But you get a different peel, a metal one, which is a little diff, uh, lighter weight, and you use that to turn it. Because you almost always have to rotate it because one side gets a little over hot. And uh, that's about it. Uh, there's your uh, metal peel right there in the center of the... Yeah, there's the metal peels right there. Yeah. And actually, um, uh, mine came with two peels, um, a big one and a small one, and the small one is really handy for turning. Let so, me ask you two questions before I let you go. Uh, when, yeah. If you have the, the pizza party or something that requires the wood fire after you build it, is there any worry that you've, like you're putting pizza on a dirty area? Yeah, actually, you, you've got, there is ash on the floor, and um, uh, I just took a piece of, um, 
I, I looked at a bunch of videos of Italian pizzaiolas, and they have like a little pipe, and they they blow the dust off the floor. So I just got some um, um, conduit that you use for electrical wiring. Right. And I took a four-foot section of conduit and blew all the dust off the floor and really? got a clean floor. Got beautiful, beautiful crust bottom, splotchy, little black, brown, black, gorgeous. The other thing is you mentioned the baker stone that goes on the gas grill. The kettle pizza that you're not so crazy about for the kettle also came out with one for the gas grill. Have you seen that? It. I've got it, and I've used it, and I need to hold my uh, uh, opinion on it. I cooked four pies on that and got the first one was a little under, the second one was perfect, third one was a little over, and the last one burnt to hell. So Ooh. clearly I need to work with dialing in the temperatures but it's similar it's just a big heavy-duty stainless steel plate essentially that goes over the top I had a little problem because you gotta look at the bottom to see how the bottom is doing because that's really your your thermometer right and when the bottom starts getting done you gotta pull it out whether the top is done or not and um, every time I looked underneath it stuck to the top that there's not a lot of head space on top of it and can can you can you have a pizza stone if you're cooking on a pizza stone? Can you get it too hot? Yeah, that's part of the, that's the problem I'm having, um, and I'm not having that with the big pizza party, the big oven. Yeah, it, it's so well tuned. These Italians know what they're doing, um, and that's the problem. You have to dial in, and you've got to know if you're using charcoal, just how much coal you can use, or if you're using a gas grill, how many burners and what to set them at. Once you get that dialed in, though, um, they work pretty well. And I found the Baker Stone was pretty easy to tune. The um, Kettle Pizza gas grill gizmo, I had a little trouble tuning it. But, you know, just one attempt is not enough to really get it fired up and tuned in. All right. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn is the creator of AmazingRibs.com. He is here for this segment. And I, honestly, Meathead, I didn't know what your schedule was going to be like, so I didn't want to get myself short. No, I- I've been crazy. I've been traveling so much. I'm glad. I'm always glad to be with you in the Central Heights. Uh, and uh, continued success with the book and the tour. Oh. Go ahead. Tidbit. I just found out yesterday. Amazon has named Meathead, the Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling, our book, the number one cookbook of the year, um, the best cookbook of the year thus far. Wow. And this year is halfway over, so you're in good running right now. And it's their second best selling cookbook of the year. Wow. Their best-selling cookbook is the one by Christy Teigen, uh, who is leaning forward in a low-cut top showing serious cleavage. So let me work on that right oh, here. yes. Show it. Wait, people are throwing up, Meathead. Wait. <laughs> it's a new weight loss program. Meathead, always appreciate the time, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Showing cleavage. <laughs> Buy my book. Please buy my book. Oh, my, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, You can go to AmazingRibs.com to get Meathead's book tour schedule if you're interested in that. Quickly, folks, let me talk to you about the Barbecue Guru located in Warminster, Pennsylvania. If you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy from any other company? I don't know. Not familiar with how these little beauties work? Well, let me tell you a little something. Imagine a product 
that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Maybe you're a busy working professional like me, or you're at home, you're constantly on the run with the kids, you're doing errands. You don't have that time to set around and throw logs. I get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs or all of that, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Guru maintains that temperature you set it at. There's like four or five different models to choose from right now. Some of the most popular ones, if you're a tech guy, if you love hooking up with your smart device or your tablet or your laptop or whatever, CyberQ Wi-Fi is the one you want. It can control up to two different cookers, by the way. It takes internal temperature of meat, and you can ramp the cooker up or down right from your smartphone if you want. No having to get out of bed anymore, none of that. It will alert you if you're overcooking as well. The other end of that spectrum is the Party Q. It's about $129 or so. You can put it on a bunch of different cookers. It goes from bullets to kettles to ceramic cookers. It runs on AA batteries. It's a self-contained package. It's great. If you're in the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven's still out there. You can still buy it. It's completely compatible with all of the Barbecue Guru automatic pit temperature control devices. Here's what you do. You head on over to the website, thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. Call them if you have any questions, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Chad Ward coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium size, they got you covered there too. Something small for tailgates, camp trips, all that good stuff, they got you one. Also, they can supply you with pellets to fire those cookers as well. You can check out GreenMountainGrills.com for more information or to purchase Green Mountain Grills. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours as well if you visit the website, GreenMountainGrills.com. All right. Odd dovetail. Nevertheless, we race over the hotline and welcome back the host of his own internet barbecue radio show, Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit, the pit master of the Whiskey Bent Barbecue Competition cooking team, and the newest member of the Traeger corporate family, Chad Ward, joining me here on the show. Chad, how are you, buddy? Hey, good evening, Greg. Doing well. Holy crap, you sound like shit. Let me call you right back. Okay. Oh. Greetings, this is Darth Vader. 
I'm not a betting man, but I guarantee we're probably going to be going to cell phone here in about one second. Holy moly. Technology is great until it sucks, right? Of course. Chad. All right. Yes, sir. Any better? 100% better. I thought we were talking with uh, Darth Vader for a second. (laughs) Chad Vader. Uh, Before we get into things, I do want to say congrats to Meathead on the uh, cookbook accolades. Um, We had one show up at the barbecue store, and it has been awesome to read through. Do uh, I mean, is uh, is that something that people are buying? Uh, we we don't retail we don't we don't retail books there but um you know we I, I think maybe he was nice enough to send us a copy or the publisher and it was it was great to uh, get to review it very cool and uh, meathead doing for for as long as it took to get that book out and for what seemed to be quite a labor more than love for him to see the success that he's having uh, having and then of course the fact that the book is actually doing so well I mean that's got to be at least uh, nice after the blood and guts he kind of put into it. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know what that labor love looks like, but, you know, not knowing how detail-oriented and what a good job he does with pretty much anything um, that he's part of the publishing of, I, I'm, I'm sure it was uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. All right, Chad. So you are now the Worldwide Director of Marketing Greatness, right, of uh, Traeger? Is that the proper title? For, 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 the, for the barbecue segment of the business, yes. All right. So I, I guess for the people that aren't familiar with the whole goings-on at Traeger, like how many different heads or arms or, you know, conglomerations are there within the business or within the name? Um, you, well, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, on, on the marketing side of the business, there's really three parts. There's the barbecue part, which is the, the lion's share of the business at this point. There's the outdoor part, um, which is where we're doing a lot more with um, boat guides and, and, the, and those kind of folks, you know, hunters, outdoorsmen, um, th- that type of thing. And then on the culinary side, uh, Marco kind of heads up our culinary side, and he's a, a very well-trained chef and very skilled chef. And um, and he partners with other chefs to kind of uh, help, help spread the Traeger name. So those are really the three big portions of the business. Um, that we look at from a segmentation point of view. Days in, you're like two days into the job or something like that, right? Very, very short. Yeah, two days into the job. But, you know, I've been working <laughs> with these guys, you know, for about a year, um, you know, as a Traeger pro and, and doing some different appearances and things like that. And uh, just a great group of folks. So, but, yes, it is day two and actually the first day in Utah. All right. So, you know, what are your thoughts as you're getting the feet wet? I mean, as you had mentioned, certainly you've – Worked with these guys, uh, you know, over the last 12, 13 months or so on kind of that sponsorship level as it relates to the Whiskey Bent team. Uh, but getting behind the curtain can certainly be a different thing altogether. So what are they laying out in front of you during that interview process and, and get to know you process that tells you there's positive, positive movement happening and not the reverse? Yeah, you know, I think first you have to look at the team that took over there at Traeger, you know, almost two years ago now, a little over two years ago, actually. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great set of business minds. Uh, you've got Jeremy at the top, which is, you know, a, uh, a Harvard MBA, um, had multiple successes. And um, then he built a team at, at Skull Candy, the, uh, the headphone makers. And, and him and his team took that when it was a $40 million company and in about six years turned it into a $400 million company. And then they kind of left and went on some separate ways. Um, yeah, the whole group kind of left 
Um, there was an opportunity for them to get out and move on and, and do some other things. And then Traeger popped up and, and Jeremy reached out to Denny and Luke and some of his top guys that he had at Skull Canyon and said, man, we got to get the band back together. And, and, and when you've seen their approach to the business, when, when you just sit down and talk business with them, uh, that was the one thing that intrigued me is, you know, I, I think you kind of hit on it and a really nice description you gave of, of me a couple of weeks ago on the show is, you know, I, I've, I've really tried to position my career to where I always surround myself with great people. Um, one, you're going to be more successful that way. And two, you're going to learn a hell of a lot more and you're going to become a more valuable asset. And uh, to have the opportunity to work with these guys is, is huge in itself. And to see where they want to go and, and, and the vision that they have, and the, the, they're going to go after the vision through innovation. Um, you know, we, we, we have some really exciting news coming up here in September that's going to be awesome. That, that there's just some things that they, they really want to go attack this market in a way that I don't think it's been attacked. And and you know me, Greg, I'm just a little crazy enough, man. I, I like being on that bleeding edge, and uh, these are a bunch of guys I'd love to get in the foxhole with. Chad Ward joining me here on the show, uh, obviously Whiskey Bend Barbecue, Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply, uh, and now with Traeger. Uh, so, Chad, when you learn about the position or, or however that came about, you go through the process, you were wildly successful in a completely different industry, kind of dominating that uh, whole portion with the software industry. When you make the jump, so, I mean, from the surface high level this seems like a match made in heaven right you're a barbecue guy you're a successful competition cook you have the barbecue supply store why wouldn't you go to work for traeger i see it like kind of a a completely different thing regardless of the ties you have to barbecue there's a whole business element that they're looking to bring on and then have you obviously push forward both in a marketing and a sales standpoint so is that really what draws you to the position and gains your interest is kind of where they're at in that particular market and how you're going to be able to implement yourself to bring them to that next level? Yes, I, I completely agree. You know, really, really I, I say, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, you know, my first day in the office today, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what's your main objective? What's your main objective? And, and in talking with the executive team through the interview process and some of those things, you know, I, I kind of summed it up as, my job is to create an environment where we're taking that backyard hero and letting them and, and, and kind of strengthening that connection with the competition pitmaster. It doesn't have to be a guy that's winning, you know, a grant, a GEC every two, every two weeks, but being able to take that backyard hero that wants to get better and, and then connecting them with the, the, the folks that can, and, and we have a couple things in place that we're going to do here over the next year to make that a lot more available to do. And that's really what I see as my chief effort. Um, but to be able to do it across the millions of Traeger owners that we have. Um, and, and I think we've got some platforms where that'll be very interesting. Chad, there's kind of an adage out there that says when you go to work in the same thing that your hobby or your passion is involved with, then it turns into a job and perhaps the passion runs away and you're like, oh, why did I bother doing that? Is there any worry about that with you going into business in an industry that you're so intertwined in? There is none of that worry for me at all. Uh, you know, I, I look at how much time on top of the software job I've personally poured into the store, uh, the stores that we have and this and that. And, and that's a that was a full-time job, you know, on, on top of the, the software business. And, um, and I woke up every morning ready to go jump after it, you know, on the weekends or late at night or whatever it was. And uh, it just fed my fire a little bit more. So I, I don't have that concern here at all. You know, 18 months or two years from now, you may be able to ha- have a 
have a, are you sure about that? But I, I really don't foresee it. And, and the other good thing about Traeger is the way we approach the business, and I know this from, you know, already being around these guys, is we have a lot of fun. I mean, we work really hard, um, but at the same time, too, man, we, we, we have a ton of fun while doing it. And, and it's just an awesome, you know, environment um, and a very creative environment out here in, in Salt Lake. Chad Ward joining me here on the show. Uh, Chad, as you look at the history of Traeger, obviously name brand-wise, certainly it gets no bigger than that. They had really the, the stronghold on the industry coming up. Then the patent dies out. Then other people start to jump in. Uh, and then there's an ownership change. And all of a sudden, like the, the warm and fuzzy of Traeger dies off. And now there's the spot now where the new ownership group is trying to bring that warm and fuzzy back. So, you know, how is Traeger looking to be that segment leader overall again, not just a nameplate alone, but quality products, customer service, and all that stuff? Yeah, you know, I, I think if you look at it, you know, first off, one of the things is when, when, when the new management team came in place, there was a couple of things that, that Traeger did. One, they got completely out of the retail business. You know, they have, they had kiosks and malls, and you, you talk about really pissing off your dealer network. That, 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 that'll do it pretty quick because they look at you as a competitor then. Um, number two is, you know, uh, in, in the mass markets, the Costco's and those kind of places, the specialty retailer was getting the same product. Obviously, they're not going to buy in volume to be able to match that. So that's something else that's been completely resolved. There's now an elite line of pro line of product. And, and, and only your specialty retailers can get the pro line of product. And there is enough feature set difference to justify that. Um, you know, that that's a couple big things that I see. And one that's just huge is I hit on a little bit earlier is the product innovation. If you look at the old girls in, in 2015 compared to the the new Pro Series in 2016, you know, robust sawhorse legs, a better controller, heavier gauge of metal. Um, you, you know, the, the investments being made in the product, and, and also the the repairing of the relationships with the dealers. Um, you know, th there's been a, a lot of that work done, and a lot of success being had there, where the dealers understand. We've listened to the dealers very, very well and, and have tried to provide exactly what they need. Chad, there seems to be either pro-dealer or, pardon my French, fuck-the-dealer attitude, depending on what pellet cooker manufacturer you're talking with. Uh, I know, aside from you know Traeger, as you're talking about, uh, Green Mountain Grill is, is a big believer in the dealer network. And I guess the question is, and you're a marketing guy, and, and just you know, if you can back yourself out of Traeger just for an instant, and you and look at it from the market's perspective, given Amazon, given big box stores, and and I guess more than anything, just the internet in general. Do you see the pellet grill market getting into or, or really digging into the dealer market and finding and building the value there, or do you always think that there's going to be a percentage of what I would call the throwaway segment? You get it online, you don't like it, screw it, I'll get rid of it, and that's it. Yeah, you know, I've kind of got to back up twice from there, you know, back up from Traeger and then also back up from being a retailer myself. Um, and, and, and so, you know, if I back up at that and, and look at it from a whole, um, I, I think, it, you know, if, if you're three guys with a shingle and you're wanting to bring in three containers of grills and sell them online and, and, and you and Jim Bob run support and, and, and make a couple hundred grand a year, that's fine. If you want to become a true brand, you know, I, I think it's one of those things you hear Mark Cuban say all the time on on, on Shark Tank is you're, you're not a company, you're a product. And, and, and when I look at some of these these pellet grills, 
that aren't using a, a, a retail supply chain. They don't have accessories. They're not moving a high volume of pellets. Guess what, guys? That's where all the margins at. And you can only do that through dealer business. Uh, you know that that onesie twosie stuff, and, and that's what really draws up a a, a, a bottom line. And so, to to me, I think that whole buying a couple containers of grills and you know watching them fly through e-commerce, man. If, if like I said, if you're happy, you know, clearing 100, 125, 250, whatever a year, but you're never going to build a company that way because you know I call it other people's resources. You know, I want to utilize as many other people's resources as I can. That's dealer networks. That's people that work inside the dealership. That's the, the, the square footage at Costco when you have a brand ambassador there. Those are all other people's resources, and that's helping you reach your brand further. So my, my, my take is, I mean, I, I, I put it this way. If Traeger was direct to consumer, there, there's no way, and that was their sole mode of going to business, I wouldn't be here in Utah today. I can promise you that. Chad Ward joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Whiskey Bend Barbecue, uh, Whiskey Bend Barbecue Supply Store, obviously, and uh, now with Traeger. Uh, Chad, competition-wise, um, what do you have lined up at all? I mean, I know Florida's down a little bit for the next couple weeks, but uh, you got any competitions on the horizon? Yeah, you know, I, I'm down. You know, we're down a bit because it's so damn hot down there. Yeah. Uh, I've got one coming up in September, and then uh, it looks like one of the fringe benefits of the job is going to be you know, being able to, to, to go and set up events at contests, but also cook them. So it uh, looks like I'll be in uh, Wendover, Nevada, uh, potentially trying to finish up a deal with Ronnie Cates to do Atlantic City out there. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously the American Royal. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be fun, but, you know, we, we've got the, the one in September uh, there in Polk County, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. But looking forward to getting back at it, man. You know, we've had a, a pretty good first half of the season, and, I hate to take this big break of time off, but you know sometimes that's just what happens. Business sometimes come first. Uh, Chad Ward, continued success, my friend. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks so much for the time, Greg. Take care. You got it. There he is, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue. Traeger now, the marketing director for Traeger. So uh, we wish Chad success in his new endeavor and... As I thought, you get a guy like that, you know, the business prowess with him is first and foremost, and it, it, nobody's looking to pull him because he's, I mean, he is a great barbecue cook, but that's not, they're not hiring Chad the barbecue guy first. They're hiring Chad the business guy first. So we'll see how he grows it from here. It's up to him. Chad, no pressure, buddy. It's all on you. Success or failure, it's all on you. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new smoker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle may strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel cooker makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like the briskets and the pork shoulders, while also being able to ramp up in temperature and do the burgers, chickens, wings, chickens, wings, and hot dogs. The versatility is all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food directly in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie, if you will. The result is great-tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. In the industry, we call it consistency. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's sexy as hell. It's not only built to withstand the heat, but thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to stand up to any type of weather it's also extremely portable. It can fit in the most vans, trucks, SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are, basically. 
Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories, right? Pit Barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From rubs to the unique removable ash pan to pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, there's a full line of accessories that will really complete your Pit Barrel experience. Best part, $299, folks. The Pit Barrel comes fully assembled. It's ready to cook on. It ships to your door for free. For free! Don't take my word for it. The folks at AmazingRibs.com give the Pit Barrel a top 10 rating in their gold division. That's the highest rating, by the way. Not once, not twice, but three years in a row. They've also said, quote, we're running out of good things to say about this simple, affordable smoker. There's nothing else like it on the market, close quote. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com right now and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos shot in HD. Then pick up one or two or ten for yourself. You can thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. Again, 502-228-1222. And yes, they'll actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. Folks, $300 shipped to your door and ready to cook immediately. Huh? Try it. Pitbarrelcooker.com. As I said, you'll thank me later. All right, we're wrapping up the first hour quickly. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. We are quickly wrapping up for the first hour. Thanks to Chad Ward from uh, Traeger, corporate Traeger, marketing master, marketing ninja, Chad Ward. Uh, we're heading to the second hour. Stand by. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. But listen, Laverne, shit I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we're into the second hour. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, folks. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast, as I affectionately call it. 
A week from now, folks, we're going to be head deep into the Republican National Convention right here in the Barbecue Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. Yikes. House for rent. House for rent. Ten grand. You can have my house for a week. Ten G's. Cheap. Ten minutes just due west of downtown. All right, still to come on the show tonight, Max Good, keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com. Also closing out the show tonight at 1035, Doug Shiding. So stay tuned for that. Let everybody know the show's on the air. Send them over to the Outdoor Cooking Channel if they want to watch me. If they just want to listen to me, send them over to the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com, and click on the Listen Live Now button. Or tell them, look at Facebook. Show's on Facebook. The Sam's Club uh, the Sam's Club Barbecue Tour rolled into Indianapolis, Indiana this past weekend. This is a local qualifier that feeds the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final. And the top six teams moving on to the Madison region are as follows. Winning it. 40 caliber barbecue. 682.2. Grand champion, I'm sorry, reserve grand champion, 1-2 BBQ or barbecue. Third place, Rural Root Barbecue. Fourth, Abel Acres Barbecue. Fifth, Foul Butt Barbecue. It's funny. And rounding out the top six, Berkey Ray's Barbecue. You didn't mishear me. I said winning it with a 682.2. About a point, eh. A little less than a point, separating uh, Grand and Reserve. And the gap from one to six, roughly ten points, maybe a little more. 682. I remember back in the day, that took it. Now? Look out! It's about eight points off the mark, pal. Step it up! Just kidding. Wins a win. So those six teams are going to move on to the Madison-Wisconsin Regional Final. The next stop on the Sam's Club Tour, as I said earlier in the first hour, this weekend, South Bend, Indiana. So get your cook on, then go over to Notre Dame's campus, drink with the fishes. Come on, let's go. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. You would recall last week I was talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, and saying, hey, Ray, remember all the times we've done the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment and you've told everybody that I've said, uh, here's a question from Jim Bob in Oklahoma or New Mexico or wherever. Ray, I'm thinking about getting into the restaurant. And Ray said, yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. Forget that. You don't want to do it. And then he announced, of course, that he's getting into the restaurant business. Of course. For years of telling people, don't do that. I'm going to do that now. So we talked about it last week. Then, on July 7th, Jim Shaheen from Smoke Signals and the Washington Post breaks this story. Celebrity pitmaster Myron Mixon is opening a restaurant in Old Town. What? Here's what Jim writes, by the way. The D.C. barbecue area is about to get hotter. Myron Mixon, the celebrity pitmaster of Destination America's Barbecue Pitmaster, is slated to open a restaurant in Alexandria's Old Town in August. 
That's like next month, like in two weeks. Myron Mixon's Pitmaster Barbecue, housed in the same space currently occupied by Overwood, marks Mixon's latest push into the restaurant industry, a move that also includes an upcoming Chicago venture. Overwood co-owners Joe Corey and Bill McFadden, who also own Fakicha Luna Pizzeria and Boulevard Wood Grill, will partner with Mixon in this restaurant. Mixon enjoys a long history with Washington, going back to the 1988 when he competed in the annual Safeway, now Giant, barbecue battle. Along with his team, Jack's Old South, he won 13 grand championships at the battle and nearly 200 grand championships overall, he said. Washington barbecue fans have always been there, even before I was on TV. Mixon said in a telephone interview, they've always embraced me. As a barbecue competition champion opening a restaurant, he traverses a well-trotted path. Some circuit winners, Mike Mills, Tuffy Stone, Melissa Cookson, have established well-regarded eateries, but several others paralleled their victories. I'm sorry, parlayed their victories into middling restaurants, unable to recreate cooking of that competition barbecue demands. Perhaps the food served at the team's restaurant is, whether a faithful recreation or not, merely mediocre. Mixon 54 maintains that the Old Town restaurant will provide a taste of the real thing with such menu items as his signature cupcake chicken, peach barbecue beans, and baby back mac and cheese. The rubs and sauces that they'll be using is my competition stuff. He said the recipes will be all mine. Here's something that I found significant in the article. Which Jim mentions, rather than working with all, I'm sorry, rather than working with the type of all wood smoker he uses in competition, Mixon is installing a 1,500-pound pellet cooker. It's hard to get good smoke from pellets, but we figured it out, said Myron Mixon. I've been cooking on them for about 12 months now and making sure everything's right. So Mixon going away from the wood-fired smokers, from the Southern Prides, from the old hickory pits. And going with a pellet cooker, it does not say who the pellet cooker is. Can one speculate? Can one speculate what cooker that might be? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speculate. Because the guy that I think might have speculated the most was on last week, and he said nothing about it. Here's a quote. Asked how his father, who was deceased, would react to his using a pellet cooker in the restaurant, Mixon was unequivocal. He wouldn't be happy because I'm not doing it the way he showed me, Mixon said. He said, if you don't do it the right way, you don't do it. I give reverence to that, but I'll tell you something. That's hard work. Jack Mixon used to make Myron and his brother burn ember or burn wood down to embers and then schlep those over and stick them underneath the meat like a man. Right. <laughs> Pellet cooker. Snicker, snicker. It seems almost sacrilegious, I guess, but as fast Eddie Morin said last week, more and more barbecue restaurants, especially going to the pellets for any number of reasons, not the least of which is uh, sanitary stuff, right? What is this? Oh, no. I don't even know. 
I'm reading a story that Meathead sent me. Just when I think I've seen the most stupidest people ever, they decide to just come right up and make sure more people are stupider than the next. We'll talk about that story next week. Fast Eddie says, look, the pellet cookers are going to be more and more dominant in the restaurant business. Uh, the the pellets are easy to maintain. You don't have to worry about bugs. You don't have to worry about any special codes that the wood is going to. I happen to agree. By the way, I'm a huge pellet cooker. Lover. Huge pellet cooker lover. Am I saying that right? P-C-L. I'm the founding member of the P-C-L, the pellet Cooker lovers is a PCLA. Uh, okay, it's okay. If you are a pallet cooker lover, don't be ashamed of who you are. Take your pallet cooker and plug it in outside and then put your beef into your pallet cooker and know that you always have a place in the pallet cooker lovers association, okay? Don't be ashamed to be a pellet cooker lover, okay? If anybody gets that reference, please know. You have called the Pellet Cooker Lovers Association. It's okay to be a pellet cooker lover. Don't not be ashamed. <laughs> First one to give me that show reference gets a free bottle of something out of my prize closet. Come on. Show me. Show me what you got. Speaking of great pellet cookers, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you're barbecue in the backyard like me or on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, Smoking and Grilling 101s in a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, C-O-O-K-S-H-A-C-K, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Yeah, they still have a barbecue forum. Cookshack's pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champ. Ed Fast Eddie Morin, who we talked to last week. The FEC 1000, the PG, I'm sorry, the FEC 100, the PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most cooker for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in an oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. What does Stephen Reichland say? If you can make it in the oven, it's going to be better on the grill. Same thing here with Cook Shack. If you can make it in your oven, you can make it in a Cook Shack electric smoker. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call them, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit their website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Longtime proud partner. I'm happy to have them with the show. Can't say enough good things about the folks at Cook Shack. And don't lie. You know there's a lot of you people out there in the backyard on the circuit still using Effie cookers, and you're winning, so shut it. Might I draw your attention to your latest grand champion pellet cooker, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. He won this past weekend on a pellet cooker. 
Dave, you won pound pellets, didn't you? Come clean, Dave. We all know he's a pelleter. All right, uh, we'll be back right after this with the Keeper of the Flame, Max Good, from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, here we go. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, Green Mountain Grills, Traegers, Cook Shacks, the one that looks like a bull that I can't think of right off the top of my head, the Black Olive, visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com. Amazon. Download the Cooking Pellets app. It'll alert you when great shipping prices are being awarded to those that are purchasing. It's cookingpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N-P-E-L-L-E-T-S, cookingpellets.com, or again, search amazon.com. All right, uh, joining me again in the second Tuesday, 1014 slot. He is the keeper of the flame at amazingribs.com, but we call him Max Good. Max, how are you, buddy? Going all right, buddy. Looks like you got a little sun. Uh, I got a lot of sun, my friend. This is what happens when you uh, are on the softball field soaking in fun and excitement for hours on end for days on end. Well, we have quite a bit of skin contrast here tonight. Look at me. Right, I'm putting you up on the screen right now. <laughs> I hey. look like a ghost compared to you, my friend. Oh, look at you. All right. Well, look, you're safe. I mean, what can I say? It's the makeup. Yeah, of course. Let me get you here. There you are. Now we're right next to each other. Well, what can I say? Uh, my mother-in-law would much rather see your skin tone than mine. She, you're you're going to be sorry, mister. <laughs> I'm like, I put on 35 sunscreen for crying. I try. You can't have this good looking of a face and not take care. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so Max, we have you on once a month. We're talking to the Keeper of the Flame, by the way, at AmazingRibs.com. Max, good. And uh, last time we were talking about pellet cookers, mm -hmm. and this time, and we might have hit on kind of the, the topic at some point, maybe even in the first one. It was called uh, hybrid grills, and, you know, I kind of have my own thought on hybrid grills. And here's, let me talk to you about where my mindset is on hybrid grills, and then you talk to me about hybrid, and then we'll actually talk about hybrid grills. So when I talk to people, they're like, Greg, I'm thinking about getting a new cooker, this, that, and the other thing. What should I get? And I say, hey, if you have the money and you want to deal with a charcoal-fired cooker and maybe supplement with wood chunks, look into a ceramic cooker. I call it the hybrid grill for this reason. Uh, it can do low and slow really well, right? But you can also open up the bottom vent and spin the daisy wheel open at the top, and all of a sudden you're at 750, 800 degrees, and you're ready to grill like nobody's business. Certainly there are fuel misers, which I certainly appreciate.
But you have, so I call it hybrid because you can do, you know, both cooking styles. You can do the hot and fast and you can do the low and slow really well. What does hybrid grills mean to you? Well, it is a strange term and um, I understand what you're, you're explaining there. I, I don't entirely agree with it. Or at least that's not my view of, of what a hybrid system would be. All right. Um, and we often have a disagreement with uh, particularly the round Kamado aficionados because we feel that they have limited grilling capacity. As you said, they can get very, very hot. But uh, some a point of contention we always have with eggheads and those of that ilk are that uh, you cannot easily set them up for two-zone cooking which we think is essential for a grill. Now, often a two-zone is used for indirect cooking. Obviously, they're wonderful indirect ovens. Uh, but uh, the things you can do with a simple Weber kettle, you can't do with a round Kamado. Um, hybrid, you could talk about hybrid grills being those side-by-side, -side, you know, the gas grill and a charcoal grill bolted right. together. But right. I... I, I, that doesn't seem like that's not the, what I think of when I think of hybrid. I think of something that is truly designed to be a multifunction system. And yeah, you could you can say a, a, a big green egg is that it can do just about everything great, except it can't do it cannot easily or effectively do two zone cooking although it is an excellent indirect oven. I think of a hybrid system as more like, I, don't, I know we already talked a lot about the new Summit charcoal grill, so we don't need to revisit that. But that truly is an excellent grill, better than even the standard iconic Weber kettles. And also, it's a, it's a dang good smoker, too. Um, that's what I'm thinking of when I talk about hybrid grills. All right, so there, you, you... There's do also, I should mention, there's another... Um, type of design and there are some people that try to do this they try to put like a charcoal or wood tray over gas burners yeah but uh it's a hard thing to do uh the guys at kalamazoo do it the best but of course their grills are incredibly expensive maybe that's what it takes right well um speaking with russ falk over there <laughs> who designs their systems yeah it is they they're they kind of thread the needle because uh, a problem if you're trying to roast and smoke, uh, smoke in particular with a, a gas grill system or try to use charcoal or wood with them is that you gas grills take so much ventilation. They have to have ventilation uh, in order to prevent the flames from uh, going out and blowing your house up. You've heard of those horror stories on the news at night, you know. Yep. Uh, but they... They tweak every last little detail about it. They're trying to make sure that um, all of the air intake is going through the Venturi tubes for the gas burners. That's one of the many minute, uh, maybe not minute, but one of the many considerations that they do with their sophisticated design. So uh, when they put in, and now, now, they have this new pellet box insert that fits over their uh, trays. And I I was just there a couple weeks ago uh, for the Steve Reichland book signing, and they were smoking up some pork on it. It was pretty dang good, I got to tell you. Hmm. All right. So that's what I'm thinking of hybrid, or or you know, like the good one. You are you familiar with the good well, one? Of course, yes. Of course, of course. 
that's a hybrid group, in my view. That's what I think of when I'm thinking of a hybrid group. All right, so you have a list generated on AmazingRibs.com, and let me uh, add my screenshot here so we can see what we're talking about, and uh, we'll go ahead and start talking about this. Well, right at the top there is the, we talk about Kamados. We really like the Primo ovals because um, particularly if you use a firebox divider that divides the two sides, they actually can get some separation between the direct and indirect. So if you pile up the, the charcoal on one side, and it, the firebox divider just accentuates it, it, it really isolates the side, the charcoal side, for the direct heat. And moreover, uh, the Primo ovals come with dual-level grates. And you can see in that picture, there's looks like handles on them. They're, yeah. they're not really handles. They're, um, they, they're stands, if you will, that, are, that elevate that grate to a higher level. So they're right now, they're in the lower level. If you flip them over, they'll be up high. So let's say I wanted to do a two-zone system there. I put in a firebox, I pile the coal up on one side, get it nice and hot, and I leave the grate in the position you see in that picture. Then on the other indirect side, I might put in one of their um, half-moon diffusers and flip the grate up to the higher position. So now you've really got a separation. And uh, we're going to make all your big green egg listeners out there mad. I guarantee you they get very <laughs> upset about this. I want to emphasize we love Kamados, and maybe we're nitpicking, but they just are very – the round ones, even the big ones, are difficult to get isolated zones. And people go through somersaults with all these contraptions to basically bring the grate closer to the coal and further away. It's just – harder um it's not as it's effortless with a decent charcoal grill and and all you eggheads out there we love you we love eggs an easy solution just get an inexpensive charcoal grill and put it next to your egg you'll be fine is there is there an argument that could be made with the insistence on two zone grilling in order to be considered some type of a, of a hybrid in, in amazing ribs eyes that the diffuser plate offers some kind of relief from this, so it's not direct. Uh, certainly, it's not two zones, no argument there, but doesn't the diffuser plate on a, on a big green egg or a similar ceramic-style cooker kind of bridge that gap to some degree? Uh, it, it mitigates the situation, but one of the problems uh, that you have with any Kamado, but less so with the oval shapes because they really, you know, they're more like if, you, if you've ever cooked on one, they're um, compared to the round. I mean, you picture that. Picture it split in half. When you got the oval shape, it's really a, a big difference. Sure. You really are isolating it more. But the ceramic, there's no way around it. It will heat up and even things out eventually. But having the oval shape helps tremendously. Therefore, we do uh, feel that they are better. But once again, a lot of um, your listeners and our readers have more than one one cooking implement. If they have anything that they can use, just even like a kettle, right next to their big green egg, they got the best of both worlds right there. You know, so we're not slamming Komodos, Komodos by any stretch of the imagination. All right. So that's the Primo Oval Junior, eight hundred and thirty-two bucks. Next one on the list. 
is yeah, the, good uh, one the one that we talked about. The good one, and, and that's uh, about 1100 bucks. Yes, for this model. They do make several models. This is one of their most popular ones. And uh, if you look at that, the you can see it's a big uh, cooking, uh, uh, yeah, rectangular system down there. That is where your fuel goes. And then in the upper level is a smoke box. Now you can, and in, in this, this is a very good illustration of what I'm talking about. You, it does exactly what we just said that uh, is difficult to achieve on a round Kamado. You have a hot zone down low and you have a smoke box up high. And uh, they, they, they um, if you consider the lower fuel area a firebox, here's another thing that's really great about their design is unlike an offset smoker where the heat and the fire is offset to one side and you know that it's going to be hotter over there right. than it is on the opposite side. Uh, this has a, a damper opening from right to left. So all the heat and smoke that's going up into the smoke box at uh, the upper level is very even. Uh, it's a wonderful, uh, innovative design. It's been around for a while, uh, but it's it works great. And so we love we love these guys. If I'm looking at it, if I want to open the part where the meat goes, it would seem like I'm reaching over the fuel center, if you will, or, or the, the pit box, can you twist the top around and you like, actually access can with this model? Oh, really? uh, it's it uh, that, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you point that out. That, that is a nice feature. And then can you, can you grill on the bottom part? Yes, you can really. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, when I talked to uh, Chris Marks, who's Mr. Good one and a wonderful guy and very, you know, a champion, uh, com- competitor legend uh yes yes uh he said one of the things that he tells people is don't fiddle with the dampers it gets plenty hot down there on the grill area uh you know get get your temps right on the upper smoke box and you should have plenty of heat down low now of course you know if the heat is consumed or you used a small amount of fuel eh, it comes you have to know what you're doing and know how to balance it out anytime you have fuel that's burning that uh, is not an unlimited resource like a natural gas line or something like that, that comes into play. But generally speaking, I think you get the idea, or I hope you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this one makes a list, uh, and according to the website, uh, this is the third year on the list for this particular manufacturer. Yes, yes. All right. Well, this was the first year we put, we came up with the multifunction grill list uh, because of the Weber Summit charcoal grill. Uh, it was just such a, um, uh, a big thing in the barbecue world that we decided to come up with a new list. Uh, this one had previously been on our our uh, top ten charcoal grill list. All right, uh, so that's the good one open range. The next one up is the Hasty Bake Gourmet Two Fifty Six Dual Finish Charcoal Grill, fourteen hundred bucks. So we're stepping up in price as we go down as well. Now, a nice thing about this, first of all, these guys have been around even before Weber. They started in the late 1940s, and the design has changed very little. Uh, But it really can do everything, and it's very easy to use. Uh, You might have noticed it has a crank mechanism. It was, I believe, one of the first that had that. It has an adjustable height charcoal grate uh, that can, with the crank, it can go down low for roasting, go up high right under the cooking surface for a screaming hot sear on your steaks, you can easily 
uh, access the charcoal tray via a door on the right there. So you could move things. Let's say you want to move your charcoal around uh, from one type of configuration to another, and one of these configurations is a two-zone configuration. You can easily push the charcoal to one side, and then if you need to replenish it or throw more wood on, you can easily get to it and do that. The one thing some people gripe about with this uh, hasty bake is that it's not real tight, so it leaks a lot of uh, uh, smoke and heat, but it um, it still works effectively. That doesn't that doesn't uh, hurt it to the point where it can't function. It's a very versatile grill. It is one of Meathead's favorite charcoal grills, uh-huh. if not his favorite. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one on the list is the Weber Weber Summit Charcoal Grill. That's the one that was released a little bit earlier this year, seventeen hundred bucks. Yeah, and we we uh, that one. There's two models. That one is the more basic one. There's one with a cart attached. The these are the MSRPs on it. Um, the true street price on this model is more like fifteen hundred. And the one with the cart is more like two grand. Um, and you know, I know we talked. We put a, pretty much a whole show a couple of months ago on this. Yeah. So, uh, but it 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 really is nice. And people complained about the price. And you and I discussed how hey, it's in line with the summer summit gas models. You know, they're not cheap either, and they don't sell as well as the Genesis line that's less expensive. But there's a market for them, and there's a market for this as well. Um, and it works very good. And the last one is the M Grill M1 Charcoal Grill and Smoker for about two grand. Yes, and it could get even more pricey, is my understanding, uh, if you start throwing in some extras. But this is an interesting one, and the basic design uh, you might know, note is very similar to Hasty Bake. Yeah. But they made some important differences to it. Uh, while I mentioned that Hasty Bake is known for uh, being a little drafty, let's say, although the results are excellent, this one is sealed tight, and it's made with rather heavy steel, 10-gauge steel. Uh, unlike the Hasty Bake, you there is no door on the right where you can easily access the coal. Uh, so that is an impediment in some way, but the thing is locked down tight. Uh, it does have that adjustable charcoal tray, and here's a really neat thing. Maybe you want to show the picture one more time, All right. if you can. Sure. Uh, you might notice at the bottom there on the left side, that's a firebox. It has a slide-out wood tray. Huh. So you can use it as a smoker, and there's a damper on the upper left side on the hood. It actually is designed to be a reverse-flow smoker. So if you're using it as a smoker with the firebox on the bottom there on the left side, the smoke and heat has a deflection panel that travels to to the right side and up, and then it comes back around to the left and goes out the damper on the upper left side by the, on the hood. But it can be used as a grill as well uh, with that adjustable charcoal grate. And another nice thing, if you're using it as a smoker, you don't need the charcoal grate for charcoal. That can be a secondary cook surface. Really? So you could load up the, the primary grate and the charcoal grate both of which are made with stainless steel, so they're going to last and clean up nice. Uh, it's a it's a neat system. You've cooked on it, obviously. No, I have not cooked on it, oh. but I've heard a, a, from a lot of folks whose opinions I respect, and uh, we uh, we 
are convinced that it uh, it is worth looking at. All right, it's um, a, a little maybe a little pricey, maybe not. I don't know. You know, they're kind of a small group. Uh, uh, one um, thing I wonder about is how far of a reach they can have without increasing their price, because uh, folks, um, companies that are rather small like this, they they sell a lot direct to the consumer. And that makes it difficult for them to make a leap into some kind of distribution yeah, change or, or get some channel partners working with them. But um, I hope they can. It's, it's, a, it's a really neat design and neat system. Max Good is the keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com. So here's what we're going to do next month. You're going to play around more with that art flame. I, I, ah. may, I may or may not also have one at that point, and we could compare notes. I can't guarantee that I will be getting one, but rumor has it. Uh, and then we will see what we think of that cooker in a month's time. I'll try to get to it. I told those guys I had some other ones ahead of it, but um, I will say this about it. it: It is really a neat thing. It's quite a conversation piece. Uh, heavy. Boy, I had to have uh, I had to hire guys to lift the thing out of my garage off the pallet wow. and bring it onto my deck, but. Uh, you feel like uh, I should be. I feel like I should be out there in a toga, sacrificing something on it. It's really a neat looking thing and quite a conversation piece. Um, so, yeah, I, I. I mean, you and I have both talked to uh, the folks over there, yep. and I've seen quite a few videos of them cooking on it. It, it looks like um, it's 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 like cooking on a on a griddle basically. Um, so. I have no doubt that it will do that. Uh, how far you can stretch it, I don't know. Well, we've hyped it up for next month, no <laughs> doubt. So uh, we'll see what happens in August. As always, Max, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. My pleasure, Greg. You got it. There he is. It's Max Good, ladies and gentlemen, from AmazingRibs.com. It's an AmazingRibs.com kind of night. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. So uh, we'll see where we are with the Art Flame uh, next month with Max Good. We'll be back with Doug Shiding from Rogue Cookers here in a second. I'm going to talk to you about the National Barbecue Association's two-time Barbecue Tool of the Year back-to-back, 2015-2016. The number one seller is the half-gallon chops power injector system designed for competition or to pump up the Backyard Warrior. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up, for crying out loud. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. That's right. No waste. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector, 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon chops power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs, like if you're going to do the MBN whole hog or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. Comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the Chops Full Power Injector System electric version, the commercial and competition Big Daddy. Not a holding tank this go-around, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, 3-plug screws, and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the CPI right now to make their barbecue better than the rest. 
Here's the thing. We live in a foodie world. It requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. And it's not just for meat. How about infusing alcohol into watermelon? You can do it with the Chops Power Injector System. Every injector is hand-assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. They got all the accessories that you want. You go to Chops Power Injector System to give your barbecue some power, period. Barbecue Kansas City, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. The Chops Power Injector System. Man, I'm telling you, if you if you are just used to doing one needle, unless you're doing like chicken wings, you won't believe the time you're going to save, the ease, the efficiency. Come on, the half gallon is so worth the money. So worth it. Come on. Here we go. Doug Shiding out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of handmade in the USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers to find products from Unknown Smoker Accessories. Keep your gear where it needs to be. At arm's length, ready for battle. Visit unknownbbq.com shop. Today, you can get 10% off your entire order if you use discount code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, R-E-M-P-E, Romeo Echo, Mike Papa Echo. Get 10% off your entire order, unknownbbq.com slash shops. Come on. You need a foil dispenser. You know you do. You need the spice rack. IPC, absolutely, Matt. We're going to dial up. Doug Shiding here. He is the pitmaster of Rogue Cookers, championship pitmaster, world championship pitmaster, I might add. He's also a cook for hire. He's also the official embedded Texas correspondent for the Barbecue Central show. And we just call him Doug Shiding. Hey, Dougie. Hey, Greg, how are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, Doug, always appreciate you making time here for the show. So uh, let me make sure I get your face up here. I tell everybody that they're stunning, but, you know, what can I do? We have video today. Yeah, it's video production today. Video, video production day today, I believe, is what they call it. So Not, not bad for having a, a crashed hard drive this morning. So, Did you have one? Yes, that's how I started oh, off today. I didn't oh, want to worry. I was like, oh, I'll no. fix it. I'll get it done. Wow. Well, I mean, you look better than ever with a crashed hard drive. <laughs> did you have to go get a, like a whole new computer? Uh, yes, I did. Oh my lord! Well, you're we had, we had a spare in the office, and so I'm uh, I'm kind of limping along. Got it. So you're locked and loaded, ready to go. So here's uh, here's the point of of topic that we want to talk to, at least for a little while here in this segment. And last week, um, and for the folks that don't know, Doug is my finger of the pulse of Texas barbecue. Anything that's going on, 
uh, Doug is providing me a lot of great information with. And he had sent me a, an update, and I use a lot of the updates in uh, Meathead's pit cast uh, that I do for him each week on Thursdays. And there was this note up here, and he's here's some news from the IBCA. Somebody has like written in potential legislation to the IBCA that they want to remove pellet cookers completely from competitions. So the blasphemy, yes. Like, uh, I mean, so especially for you. So before we get into that, let's get any potential biases or my views or your views or whatever out of the way. You're a pro pellet guy, right, Doug? Absolutely. Work with Traeger, sponsored by Traeger, and and uh, I've even taught some of their classes. So yes, obvious bias there. All right. So taking your biases out of the equation, however you might be able to do that, given the fact that in the KCBS, in the FBA, in the St. Louis Barbecue Society, in the IBCA, in LSBS, and Texas Gulf Coast when it was around, I mean, all these pellet cookers completely allowed, right? Yeah, it's it's allowed, and it's allowed in the IBCA as well as the Lone right. Star Barbecue Society now. Um, it's it's uh, uh, It depends on how you interpret the rule. The rule says that you cannot use electricity to complete the cooking. You can use it to start the fire, which a Traeger does and a lot of pellet cookers do. They have right. the electrical rod right. that starts the fire once. And uh, so even though the auger is used to complete the cooking, the electrical heating element is not on. So what do you think, um, just on a very high level, does this have any legs? Is Do you know the pitmaster that has decided to run this up the flagpole and see? Like, why buy, like who cares that much? Yeah, I, I don't know who it is that uh, has submitted it, but the process in IBCA is basically every year it's a, it's a cooker's association. So every year they uh, solicit um, changes to the rules. And you could, I mean, last year I submitted six. And this year, I did not submit any. But uh, every member can solicit uh, however many rule changes that they want. And then IBCA is divided up into 10 pits, uh, if you include Louisiana, nine in Texas. Uh, you know, the, so there's Central Texas, Coastal, et cetera. So those pit members or subchapters of IBCA will discuss it. And then the elected official from the pit will make a uh, board meeting and have a discussion amongst the other pit bosses or pit members and uh, and the board of directors, which Craig Sherry is on. And I even got a call this week. Someone was, you know, how rumors fly. Someone said, oh, I hear Craig Sherry is behind this this issue of getting pellet cookers banned. And uh, I you know, said, no, that's totally not true. He's been on Facebook and it created quite a firestorm on Facebook, actually. And he openly said on Facebook that he didn't think it had the legs or muster uh, to pass, but, you know, people have a right to their opinion. So what does it take to pass? Does, I mean, is it is it a majority vote? I mean, is it all these subcommittees uh, and a majority of them push it on to the board and then the board is going to take a look at it? How does it potentially yeah. get legs to actually get a banning? Right. So the, the, the pits will talk about it. And so they'll, they'll be, you know, 10 opinions there from each, each, uh, uh, chairman of the pit. And then there's what, four or five board of directors. And so they'll have, so the pits will either say yay or nay, and they'll make a recommendation, uh, cause it'll be a one of the 
topics of agenda at the board of directors meeting. And so then they'll speak about it. And then if the board of directors uh, wants to pass it for membership vote, then it'll go to a membership vote on August 5th to a general membership. And I went last year and there's about 80 members that went 80 to hundred. All right. So do you get a large voter turnout? Is, are those the 80 people you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's say there's a thousand or so YBCA <laughs> members or so, you know, so there's maybe, you know, eight to 10 percent, which is actually pretty good. So it's it's not bad. So uh, with with the overwhelming mind thought that it's probably not going to pick up steam and probably not going to be banning of pellet cookers. Well, let's just play devil's advocate for fuck's sake. So let's say that this runs up through you know, the sub pits and all of a sudden it goes to the board and the voting memberships decides because the 80 people there really love their stick burners and they've always had an ax to grind against pellet cookers and automatic pit temperature control devices and all this other stuff. And they vote it down or they vote it up. And now the IBCA puts a worldwide ban in their competitions for pellet cookers. A, what does that do to IBCA? Is that an immediate shot in the foot? And all these people that use pellet cookers are now like, okay, well, F that. I mean, we're, our membership is gone. We're going to talk shit about you behind your back and in front of your face from now on, this, that, and the other thing. And then secondarily, IBCA is a really big sanctioning body in a really big state. So does that cause a KCBS and an FBA and other sanctioning bodies to have to relook at what their stance is on pellet cookers? I Taking the latter question first, I don't think it'll have an effect on KCBS, et cetera. Um, uh, it, what it will do is have more members not cook IBCA. Um, I think, you know, just for, from a principle of the matter thing. Uh, of the thing. You know, if, if you take it to an extreme, maybe they won't quote unquote ban pellet cookers um, because they ha- IBCA has come out and banned um, like proofers. You know, so instead of a Cambro, there's an electric proofer that you can put food in and it'll keep it at a constant temperature, but that's run by electricity. That is banned by IBCA and, th- and they've openly stated that. So I, um, uh, I don't think it'll pass. Maybe it'll pass and they'll say, you can't use electricity to complete the cook. You know, because typically a pellet cooker is run off of a, an electrical connection. So I, I, I could see it going that way. My, my response to that is, I'll just get a big damn battery and I'll run my pellet cookers off a of battery. But, you, I mean, you can't make the, the, the devil's argument of if, if I just disconnect your power the pellet cooker is going to crap out, right? I mean, it's not like you start it. You, you do start the pellets with the rod, but right, ultimately yeah. the electricity is running the fan, it's running the auger, blah, blah, blah. And if, you know, Mr. Rule Man came by and disconnected you, fire's going out. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, people use IB, uh, you know, the, the barbecue gurus and things like that, which help maintain the fire, et cetera. So, you know, in, in the end, uh, a pellet cooker, I mean, are, are people afraid of just uh, a few pellet cookers? Last cook I went to, there were three, and that was a large number of people, you know, cooking on a pellet cooker. There was a Traeger, myself, and then there was a Fast Eddie and a Yoder. Um, so that, that was actually probably the most I'd ever seen at a cook-off here in, here in Texas. So if, if they're afraid of a few pellet cookers, you know, coming in, and, and um, I found it odd that one of the people on Facebook that was so adamant that we should – we should eliminate pellet cookers. 
attended the pellet cooking class in San Antonio. I thought that was very funny. Why, why are you even attending the class? But classes are fun, right? You got to learn tips. You got to learn techniques. You got to better yourself. Yeah, but but he was against pellet cookers, but yet he's taking a class on cooking on a pellet cooker. But, um, uh, you know, if, if, if someone wants to cook on, you know, the dreaded hickory propane, let them cook on it. You know, bring it on. I mean, who cares? If they can cook a better brisket or better ribs on that than, than I can, that, that's fine. So some will make the argument that, you know, rules are rules, and uh, perhaps some could even look more in-depth at it and say, this is just Texas trying to take a stand at pellet cookers, just like Texas is talking about seceding from America and all this other I mean, Texas yeah. is, is, is just looking to do crazy stuff, or at least talking about it. But, I mean, when you look at it from a rule standpoint, it's something that, I guess, has legs at the moment, and unless, as you say, they change power source or say electricity this or no battery i mean they could make it to where the pellet cookers can't run and and then they've basically eliminated pellet cookers and maybe that's just the ibca wanting to say they've taken over or they've taken back barbecue into the old school if you will yeah we might as well do away with commercial rubs and you know go back to salt and pepper and things like that too but uh you know that that's just my opinion you know it's uh, in the end and, and as i tell people it's a it's a barbecue competition and it's it's not a fire competition uh to see who manages the the best fire i cook a lot more because i cook on a pellet cooker unlike some cooks i actually like to eat the food that i that i cook so, you know, maybe that is more of a backyard style, but we've got the average Joe and, you know, Bubba and Billy, you know, Billy Joe and uh, Bobby Sue judging barbecue here in Texas. So, you know, it's, it, you don't have the same rules that, that you necessarily have in KCBS. From a uh, competitor standpoint, Doug, where are you going to be cooking at or, or competing at next year over the last, uh, over the next month or so? Um. Uh, I'm actually going to to go to Waco this weekend. Uh, you know, the summer is so oh, hot, it's so it's be against my better judgment. But uh, my my wife is from Waco, and so I'm going up there and seeing some of the family and things like that. So um, it, it's a convenient cook, and I think there's already signed up like 75 cooks. So it'll be a decent sized one too. Wow, I mean, Texas is always pulling in a lot of teams for every cook, right? Yeah, well, yeah, most cooks. Yeah, most most cooks. So, um, you know, typically you'll get up in the 50s and 60s. Doug Scheiding is the official Barbecue Central show embedded correspondent. Uh, and just to be clear, you are firmly under the impression that while this is a very nifty and, and perhaps gimmicky motion, this will fail miserably in the end. I, I think so, but you know, I, I've been cooked, and I, you know, no offense to the uh, to the ladies out there, but uh, you know, I've, I've been called the left nut cook cooker because I've given up my right nut because I cook on a pellet cooker. So th- there is certainly a um, a perception that uh, you know we should not we should not be cooking on pellet cookers. I mean, for crying out loud, look who our uh, Democratic and Republican nominees are for president. <laughs> Anything can happen, Doug. Right. Holy moly. <laughs> Doug, as always, I appreciate the time. Thanks, Greg. You appreciate got it. it. There he is, Doug Scheiding, the official Barbecue Central show embedded correspondent. I have to tell you, uh, there's a lot of different arguments that can be made here. 
I mean, certainly it has to be thought of on the high level as preposterous that pellet cookers are going to be outlawed since they've been included for so long. However, if it says no electric, screwed. Where I thought I wasn't so excited to actually see this play out, I think I'm kind of excited to see how this thing plays out. There just might be a glimmer of possibility, or more than a glimmer, maybe a slow kindling fire right now, that whoever made this motion gets it passed. And now pellet cookers are out of Texas. IBCA that. Doug will keep us abreast and a thigh of what happens. Thank you. Look, folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, the number one dealer of Mac pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like Sweet Money to Happy Ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition. Period. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed into competitive barbecue either. BJ's, sorry, BPS rubs have become so well-known they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. With four of the nine BPS rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs have proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. By the way, BJ's Restaurant Brew House, new one being built in Menor, Ohio. Very excited to finally try these out. They also have the West Coast offense going on. Define conventional wisdom. The two California-based rub makers, Simply Marvelous and Big Papas, have cornered the market on competitive barbecue. Big Papa's website also features an online meat locker featuring Snake River Farms meats shipped right to your door. The American Kobe beef, the Caribou pork, the Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for every kind of barbecue aficionado. Big Papa's also created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition, barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S., Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this with only five years of being in the business, maybe six now. Turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children charities across the U.S. Just the beginning. Continues to be the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Do me a favor, unsolicited by Sterling Ball, if you follow Sterling Seaball on Facebook, uh, visit his page and see his open request for a son, Casey. I don't want to get into it because I don't know if he wants me to get into it, but it was an open solicitation. So if you are friends with him on Facebook, please go to his page. You haven't been there in the last 24 hours. Read what he's talking about. And if you're up to testing for it, do it. I am. Do that for me. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Doug Scheiding once again for joining me talking about the pellet cooker, the potential pellet cooker incident of 2016. (laughs) 
It's a developing story. Whoever thought I would say that about barbecue cookers in Texas. This is a developing story, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. uh, Wow. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked to none other than Meathead Goldwyn about pizza pie. Go back and check it out if you missed it. Amazingribs.com. Then at 9.35, we talked with the new marketing director of Traeger, TraegerGrills.com, Chad Ward, also of Whiskey Bed Barbecue and its number of different facets, the radio show, the supply store, and the competition cooking team. At 10 o'clock, or 10.14 specifically, we talked with uh, Max Good from AmazingRibs.com, talked about hybrid cookers and their list of six on the AmazingRibs.com website. Uh, Also teased the Art Flame, which we may or may not talk about next month, but I believe we would. And at 10.35, we talked with Doug Scheiding about the IBCA potential movement to ban pellet cookers from their competitions. We'll see how that unfolds as well. Great show for you next week already planned, so look forward to that. Stephen Reichland definitely on deck amongst others. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And until we see you at next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.